0: it's great to see you all here this morning i'm glad you're joining us for service also a special shout out to those online and of course to our campuses in aberdeen and huron and uh Of course, Watertown, we're glad you're joining us for this service. I was really impressed last week with Pastor Aaron's message. If you haven't heard that, I'd recommend that you go listen to it. I think his word was so applicable to fathers, especially when it comes to um, how to love. Uh, And I just loved his definition, Uh, it stuck with me, and I've been thinking about that all week. I'm going to encourage you dads to to, to love like Pastor Aaron exhorted us last week. Love means that we have the best interests of the other person at the heart of what we do and how we treat them. And uh, love means that um, we're going to put something into action. It's not words, it's not sentimentalism, but it's a servant heart. And I, I love how he noted last week that love is coupled with truth to be effective. Truth without love is legalistic and harsh, and love without truth is sentimentalism and emotionalism. And so I want to encourage you dads to, to love your families uh, that way. And I think God will reward you. Um, last week, we finished up John chapter 13. This morning we're getting into John chapter 14. And so I want to begin with a little bit of a demonstration. So I've been looking around to see which poor guy that I'm going to get up here since it's Father's Day. Josh, you're going to come. Um, and so I'm, you're close and you're looking at me. You caught my eye. And so what we're going to do is a little experiment here. And um, you're just not going to do very well at this. and I'm just going to tell you that right now. So and, and since we have this COVID-19 thing going on, do you guys know about that? What? What? <laughs> what? What? You have to wear a mask. Okay. Put that around your ears just because I want to make you annoyed. Um, then you have to wear these gloves because this is going to make it harder. And you have to, can you get those on? <laughs> Good. I like it. Here, this one. Uh, by the way, you get to keep the, okay. the mask. And okay. the, that's my Father's Day gift to you. Um, I went all out and got this from the church, and then I have these welding gloves that you need to wear. Okay. But see, I didn't want you touching my welding gloves. Oh. <laughs> Just, I, you put those on, and now you need to go stand on the stool over there. Okay. Okay, right there in that stool. And so what I'm going to do? You, it's a little stool. You're kind of—I didn't know it was that small. Don't hurt yourself. Don't fall. All right. So life is often full of a lot of things. Would you agree with me? Yes. Yeah, you look good. And so what I'm going to do for, 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 for Josh here is I'm going to, yeah, if you want to take pictures, send her to Vicki. She's going to put this on Facebook. So please do that. This would be great. Um, I'm going to give you a balloon. And what you got to do is I'm going to keep adding balloons and you're going to juggle them. Okay? But don't fall off the stool, and if the balloon goes, you just have to let it drop. And so often in life, we have all these things that we're juggling. If you're a mom or a dad especially, and you have bunches of kids, you have a job, uh, maybe you're going to school, whatever, it feels like life is just this juggling act, right? Would you guys agree with me? And then you throw COVID-19 in there, and you have to wear a mask and gloves while you're doing it. It just makes it super annoying. And so um, I'm, I'm going to save this balloon for later, for... For my message, but so the first thing you have is a job. So I'm just going to handle that. You can just hold that for now. But usually, we should do church. Amen. Amen. Really? (laughs) Online, should we do church? Say it at home. Amen. 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 So now you have two. Now you have to start just kind of batting them up in the air a little bit. Just you know, get the hang of it. Oh boy, you're in you are in trouble. Yeah. Well, then you know. We should have God and prayer and Bible study, right? Because I'm, I'm throwing the spiritual stuff out there first. Oh, well, there goes church. Oh, job. You just lost your job. A lot of people have lost their job during this time, so you can relate to them. Anyway, um, there you got that. But then like most men, you got TV. TV. There you go. You got to juggle those things. Here's some sports. Throw that. <laughs> I'll help you out here. Hey. And then you throw in, oh, there's vacation, everybody's vacationing, it's the weekend, right? I don't know if you guys notice around Brookings, it's quiet this weekend. And then Josh likes to clean, you're probably helping Priscilla clean, right? All the time, right, all the time. And here you go, here's family, here's hobbies, oh boy. Here's recreation, don't lose that one, there you go. And I don't know, there's school, that's probably for your kids. And here's projects, because it's Father's Day, men always do projects, right? You're done. Um, I'll take my welding gloves back. Yeah, you can take safe, Josh. (laughs) Hope you get a lot of pictures of that. So uh, I I just wanted to have that little demonstration before we got into John chapter 14. Because in John chapter 14, Jesus is going to talk on this topic of having a troubled heart. And his disciples at the time were getting overwhelmed with some of the news that he was giving them and their hearts were a bit troubled. And there, I think in our time right now, a lot of troubled hearts. Would you agree with me on that? We live in these kind of uncertain times and it just seems like life was difficult enough and now we're trying to juggle it all with this whole COVID-19 thing going on at the same time. And I don't know about you, but at times I'm just annoyed. I'm just annoyed. I'm just frustrated by the whole thing. Uh, we just seem to live in this world of chaos. And so what the Lord Jesus does in, in, in John chapter 14, right off the get-go, he gives us a couple of critical areas to focus in on. Because the right focus in life matters tremendously. So that's our introductory thought today. The right focus in life matters tremendously. Um, This reminds me of a story. I'm going to tell you a story. So uh, I've told this before, so some of you are going to vaguely remember this. Most of you are like me. If I heard a story last week, I don't remember it this week. Everything's brand new. Life's better that way. Um, But a lot of you haven't heard this story, so I'm going to tell it. It's all about focus. Um, Years ago, I lived in uh, the town of Pella, Iowa. And I noticed that something had taken up residence in our garage. The reason no, I noticed is it, it's big droppings all over in the garage. I didn't know what it was, but I knew some creature was living in the garage. So one day I'm going off to work and I told my wife, why don't you have the little girls play out in the garage today? I'll open the door up and they can scare whatever creature is living in their away." That's a father's solution, you know. Use that energy constructively. Amen, guys? You know, let's put these kids to work. And so, my wife didn't buy that idea at all. She said, no, I'm not going to do that to the girls. I was kind of joking, just to let you know that. Um, And so, about a week passed, and, and I was requested from our church at the time to get some hockey equipment. I have a hockey equipment. I used to play hockey when I was young. So, I had a box of old hockey equipment. They said, we're doing this Armor of God talk. Can you bring your hockey equipment in? I said, sure. Guess where it was stored? top of that garage, up in the rafters, and so I thought, I wonder what's living in the garage, so it was 6 p.m. at night on a Wednesday night, right before Wednesday night activities were beginning, and I, and it was dusk in, in Iowa, it was late fall, so it was, sun was setting, just that eerie time of day, right? So I popped my head up into the rafters because I had kind of a floor up there. And I looked around quickly. I started laughing. nervously, say, ah, nothing up here. There's nothing up here. And then I looked at that box. I said, I wonder if that thing's living in that box. You know how you ever just have these epiphany moments? I thought, I wonder if it's living in that box. Ah, no way. So I grabbed the box and I threw it down the hole. And, but... Rolling in the garage first. I started laughing at myself, you know, what was I thinking? There's nothing in that box, you know, so I crawled down my ladder back into the floor and I opened the box and I think Why did the kids leave their stuff or they're not the stuff their their hand puppet in the box? You know those hand puppets? I think Kyle has a picture of what those look like I hope it shows up here on the screen. If not, it'll work on the next hour. Um, But yeah, there you go. It looked like that. It was one of those things you slip on that sock puppet, hand puppet thing. I thought, why is that in this box? And I don't remember it being this ugly. And I I just didn't give it a lot of thought. It was starting to get to be bad light. Now at this point, it's getting a little dark out, right? So I, I bend down like any male to look closer, right? That's what we do. If there's a rattlesnake, we poke at it, right? And that's why men get bit by rattlesnakes like eight or nine times more than women because they're poking at stuff all the time. So I bend down to look at it, and all of a sudden it hisses. And the hot breath hit the side of my cheek, and I just, I, I, mean, I screamed like a little girl. It just scared me to the point of my heart stopped. I jumped back and, what was that? And I, I looked, and I realized, after I got back and looked closely, it was a big mama possum. And she had decided to nest in my hockey equipment. And so I thought, she's playing possum right now. So I rolled the box over to try to get her to go. She's playing possum. She won't move. So finally, I'm poking at her with a stick and trying. And then finally, she just kind of waddles out into the yard. Well, my neighbor had been catching some of this. And he goes, Steve, what's going on? His name was Galen Van by the way. He goes, what's going on? I go, well, there's a possum living in my garage. I'm just getting it out into the yard. He goes, oh, we can't let it go. It'll go into somebody else's yard. And so he had a flashlight. And today, I don't know why he had a flashlight. I never asked him, do you just carry a flashlight with you all the time or what? So he says, here, shine this light on her while I go get my gun. And I went, oh, this is not, this is not a good move. So he comes out with his gun, big old, you know, I don't know what it was. And he goes, bam, 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 bam. Shoot, I can't see anything through this scope. He missed it like seven times. I'm not kidding you. And, and I go, why are you looking through the scope? And, and you can't focus on that. It's nighttime and the thing's two feet from you. And he goes, well, I just got to c- count up in the moment. And I go, oh, I'm, this has something to do with the right focus. Are you getting what I'm saying here now? So he, he says, you, you stand there and hold the flashlight on the possum. I'll go get more bullets. Because he ran out of bullets. So now I'm beginning to feel sorry for the possum. Run, little possum. Run. Use your little possum legs and run. Do whatever you do. I know you can't go fast, but you're going to die. Run, run, run. So he goes and gets his gun, and that's the end of the story. There's no more possum. And I begin to think about that story in in light of the message that we're talking about here uh, today. Uh, Man, the right focus matters tremendously in life. And if things are out of focus, you end up shooting bullets into the ground. Um, And so, for us as Christ followers, I can't tell you how important it is if we're going to have hearts that are at peace, hearts that aren't troubled, to have the right focus. And especially in the times that we find ourselves living in right now. And, And so Jesus takes us to this topic now in John chapter 14. Uh... I know you have a troubled heart, he says, but I want to talk to you for a few moments. Basically, I'm summarizing John 14 on how to have a heart that's at ease, that's at peace. Leading up to the verses that we're about to read in this message, Jesus had been previously talking with disciples about this idea that one of them would betray him and Peter would deny him. And I don't know how you would react to that, but I, I want us to engage emotionally. Imagine that you're sitting there, you're part of the disciple in a circle with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, one of you is going to die me three times, Peter, that's going to be you. And one of you is going to betray me. Would that not disturb you? Would that not cause you to begin to go, well, that's not me. Surely it's not me. And to have troubled hearts. And, and as we pick up our reading now in John chapter 14, we know that these disciples are troubled. And Jesus begins to speak to that very area of life and gives words of wisdom and insight on how to have the right focus so that our hearts aren't at trouble or aren't troubled. And so I thought this would be a really applicable message for the times we find ourselves in. So listen to John chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 to start with. Here's what he says, first of all, Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to stop right there. That, I believe with all my heart. That's the word of the Lord to us today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I, I, I just see Jesus speaking those words over us. Are you hearing these words today? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Then he goes on to say this. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms, If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. So the Lord sees his followers are troubled. The Lord sees our troubles, right? He sees our busyness and our hectic schedules, and he sees the COVID-19 stuff that we're going through. He sees our trouble. And this revelation of betrayal and denial was really, really troubling to his followers at that time. And so here's a key perspective. Here's what he's saying. Do not let your hearts be troubled. In other words, what the Lord was saying is, set your heart at ease. Set your heart on peace. And Jesus says in the imperative form, which means he commands it, trust in God, trust also in me. So you want to have a heart that's troubled free? He's saying, first of all, trust in God, trust also in me. The Lord was saying, look to his disciples. I know this is hard. I know this is troubling. I know it's tugging at you. You've got lots of balloons up in the air. We could use that analogy here. You've got lots of things that are causing you to lose your focus, but Always trust in God. Always trust in me. And then he reveals two critical focuses for us. And he begins to do that in the scripture I read to you. That if we will have these focuses in our lives, we will begin to, what I say, create the fertile soil for a heart that is not troubled. We've already read about the first way. Jesus promised his disciples I'm going ahead of you to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, would I not have told you this? And I'm coming back to take you to be where I am. So listen, if you want to begin to have a heart that's at ease, no matter what's going on around you, no matter how troubled this world is, no matter how many balloons that you're juggling in your life, if you want to begin to have a heart at ease, first of all, you've got to understand this. You need the focus of destination driving you as a follower of Jesus Christ. You need the focus of destination driving you as a follower of Jesus Christ. I think many of us have known and have seen the Wizard of Oz. Have you seen this? Yeah. I I don't know if the COVID-19 has affected your ability to raise hands. Are you afraid of spreading? You know, how many of you have seen that show or know about it? Okay, that's better. I'm assuming those of you watching online, you've seen The Wizard of Oz too. And, and there's this basic theme to The Wizard of Oz, right? It's all about getting to a destination. Hey, remember Dorothy and Tin Man and, and you know, the uh, scarecrow and the lion? They would link arms, remember that? We're out to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz, and What were they doing? They were going down. Yeah, you guys are going, boy, that was bad. Anyway, they're going down the Yellow Brick Road, right? And they had a purpose to this destination. Dorothy wanted to get back to Kansas. You know, the Tin Man wanted a heart. The Lion wanted courage. The Scarecrow wanted a brain. I might have had those backwards, but it's close enough. You know what I'm saying. Um, no, I think I had that right. Anyway, they were on a destination. And this destination had hope associated with it. And the focus of destination changed their outlook of what they were going through. You ever been on a long trip? You're going to place you really want to go? Listen, if you live in North Dakota or South Dakota, you go on long trips all the time. You probably don't know they're long trips because you live in the north and South Dakota. You don't understand. And living in these states and coming from the Twin Cities, when I was told, first of all, well, we're going to go to this basketball game. It's three hours away. I go, What? What? Seriously? You're going to drive three hours? Yeah. You do that like normally? Yeah. Do you realize that's not normal? People don't just drive three hours and go watch an hour long basketball game or something like that. That's not normal. And I, I begin to realize, living in this neck of the woods, everything's a long way away. So recently I went to our cabin place up in uh, northern Minnesota. It's about a five to six hour drive from here. And I put the Stuff in my phone, right? Because I'm going by myself and I use Google Maps. And of course, there's just a ton of construction between here and there, right? That thing had me going on every little back road in Minnesota. The ones I didn't even know exist. I'm going, to save me five minutes. This route's five minutes faster than if you just take the main route. I'm thinking, I'm ready to take the main route. This is ridiculous. But you're going all over. And my, I don't know if you go on these long trips, very often I do anymore. And what happens? Your rump gets sore. You're, you get drowsy. I get tired and get bored and pretty soon slap my drink in China. You know, see how long it can go without going to the bathroom to stay awake. Do you do any of those tricks? Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't tell me. Anyway, I don't know why I told you that. Um, but the destination, I keep thinking the destination makes it worthwhile. The destination makes it worthwhile. The destination is what it's all about. And Jesus comforts his disciples by saying, the destination, my friends, is worthwhile. The destination will make everything you're going through worth going through. And, and he's basically giving him this secret, this secret to having a heart at ease is understanding where you're going. And I don't know if the church does a good job of it right now, of really understanding heaven. We don't talk on it a lot. I see a lot of motivational preaching how to do better, how to have a better marriage, how to have a better job, how to have a better life. I don't see a lot of preaching done anymore on this understanding that heaven is at the end of our journey. And Jesus declares... In my father's house are many rooms. And they would understand what he meant by that. Because in that culture, oftentimes, you would build on rooms to your father's house or your father-in-law's house. And you just, your family would just kind of grow up. It'd be this kind of honeycomb existence where you're all kind of living together. And he says, that's the picture I want you to have of heaven. There's just many rooms. There's many places for you to be. So when I mention the word heaven, what comes to your mind? This is important because that's our destination, do you see Jesus in all of his glory? Do you see it as an overwhelmingly glorious thing? Do you imagine what it would be like with all pain and suffering gone? Does that come to your mind? Because that's what, what's going to happen in heaven. Can you imagine the beauty of it? Let's just go positive. Can you imagine the beauty of heaven? Can you imagine the overwhelming, you know, uh, sensations and sensory Tough that will happen when you get there. Can you hear the roar of the praise of all the heavenly hosts and all God's people praising God day and night? Can you imagine the sights of this angelic hosts praising God? Can you just get a glimpse of that? Can you? I I, I think oftentimes, what's going to be like to be reunited? With all the saints that have gone before us. I have some dear friends that have passed on. And I just want to see them again. I want to see my mom. I want to talk to Peter and Paul. And I want to ask them some questions, you know. And I, I just wanted that conversation. Last weekend, as I mentioned, I was at our lake place. I'm in a real melancholic mood. I said, I got to get out of town. I just got to go someplace. So I headed up there by myself on Thursday. And the weather was absolutely gorgeous. And it faces west. The place And the lake is in front of us. And so the sun's setting. I don't know if you've ever seen the sunset in northern Minnesota on a lake. But the water shimmers. It just that hot shimmering. And I sat there mesmerized and captivated for about an hour. And I don't normally sit like that. I, I have to, I'm a busybody a little bit. I just sat there and said, this is gorgeous. And the wind was blowing in my face. And it was just, there's nobody around. There's no fear You follow what I'm saying? No one talking about COVID-19. Hallelujah. And I just watched the sunset. And I was captivated by it. And I want to declare to you something. When we get to heaven, we're going to be captivated by it. It's going to just rock our worlds. And Jesus said, that is what lies ahead for you. If you keep that focus in mind, it will set your heart at ease. So let's go on now back to to John 14. Let me read some more scripture for you. I'm going to read verses 5-11 through and we're going to get to the second critical focus that Christ makes known to us here that will set our heart at ease. Here we go. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going so how can we know the way? Jesus answered I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really, really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip bless his heart, said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, the Father is in me, or at least believe in the evidence of the works themselves. So here's what Lord Jesus says If you want to have a heart that's set at ease, if you want to experience peace in the middle of troubling times, when all these balloons are in the air, or whatever uh, picture comes to your mind, you need to focus on really knowing Jesus. It's that simple. You need to focus on really knowing Jesus. I like guys like Thomas and Philip because they ask the questions I think I would have asked. Thomas, I don't know where you're going, God. Uh, what? what, what? How, how is this working? And, and, and Jesus says, I'm the way, which means I'm the only way to God. I am only the, the only access point to God. You got to get that, guys. And he says, I'm the truth. He's not just some truthful sayings. He is the embodiment. He is the full representation of truth. And then he says, I am the life. He gives us life. And Jesus is saying, do you really know me this way? Do you know some facts about me? Do you know me from a distance? Or do you know me intimately? He says, why don't you guys know me intimately? I've been with you for a long time now. And yet you don't get me. If you really know me, you would know the Father. And what Jesus is saying is is this, and it's a definition in your note-taking guide if you're taking notes today. To really know Jesus means knowledge that changes how you live and also how you interpret your life experiences. That is what it means to really know Jesus. It means it changes how you live and how you interpret life experiences. And as I said before, bless his heart, Philip says, Jesus, show us the Father and that will be enough. Philip didn't get it. He just didn't get it. And what Philip was asking for was a theophany. And what what I mean by that is is a manifestation of the presence of God. Something similar that happened to Moses in the Old Testament. In Exodus 33, Moses said, God, show me your glory. And God willingly showed Moses his glory. He said, I'm going to put you in a cleft here. And I'm going to put my hand over you so I pass by you. don't see my face because no one can see my face and live. You're going to just see me walking away from you. And that was what was called a theophany. It's a manifestation of God's glory. And that's basically what Philip was saying to Jesus. Show us that kind of thing. And we'll believe him. And Jesus looks at Philip, really? Because when you see me, you have your theophany. You see God. Do you not understand that? Do you not get that? I see people who go out on this trail all the time. They want to see God move. They want to see the miraculous. They want to see a manifestation. They want to see some spiritual thing. They want to see some miracle. And really what Jesus is saying here, if you want to really experience me, make it your quest to seek after me, and really know me, and these other things will be added on to uh, that pursuit. Can you sense the Lord's frustration in this exchange? Don't you know me? Don't you get who I am? It's kind of like the wife who says to the husband, I hate to use this on Father's Day guys, but you know, the wife who says after 20 years, don't you know me yet? I'm going to just say this woman, no. I've been married to my wife 42 years, and sometimes I go, I don't understand at all what's going on. Just tell me in simple words. You know, I, I wish I could say it more eloquently than that, but I, I'm just dumber than a doorknob at times. You know what I mean? And, and so it, it's Jesus not making this hard for us to understand. He says, you see me, you see the Father. Understand this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for, uh, through me. Pretty clear teaching, amen, right? Pretty clear teaching. So we need to have a focus on really knowing Jesus if we want to have a heart that's set at ease. We just need to keep it simple. I'm going to read this memo from market to sales. Some of you in the business world are going to enjoy this, but just hear this. Subject marketing forecast. Sales and income figures show an easing off of the rate at which business is easing off. This can be taken as ample proof of the government's contention that there is a slowing up of the slowdown. Now to clarify that, it should be noted that a slowing up of the slowdown is not as good as an upturn in the downturn. On the other hand, it is a good deal better than a speed up of the slowdown or a deepening of the downturn. Also, it suggests that the climate is about right for an adjustment of the readjustment of rate structures. Now, turning specifically to rates, we find a very definite decrease in the rate of increase. This clearly shows that there should be a letting up of the letting down. Of course, if the slowdown should speed up, the decrease in the rate of increase rates would turn into an increase in the rate of decrease. And finally, the inflation of the recession would turn the recession into a depression, while the deflation in the rate of inflation would give the impression of a recession of the depression. And the sad thing is, this is stuff I heard before in the business world I used to be at. We need to cut through all the confusion as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we're trying to juggle all these balloons and like Josh, you know, we're standing there now. We feel so constrained right now and limited and we feel like we have a sense of loss of control and we're trying to do life. It's almost impossible to do life and it's frustrating and we're, we're confused. And what the Lord is saying to those of us who are troubled today is keep it simple. Remember your destination. You're on a journey to a destination. And that destination is heaven. Second, just remember this. Really know Jesus. Make it your goal to really know Jesus. If you do these two things in the middle of all this stuff, your hearts won't be troubled as much. And you'll experience the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus gives us a concluding promise here that's taken and yanked right out of context all the time. I'm just going to read that to you. He's giving us this promise in light of we understand our destination and we're pursuing and knowing Jesus Christ. You've got to understand the promise in the context that it was given. Amen? Do not yank Scripture out of context. If you do, you don't understand that Scripture very well. He says in John 14, verses 12-14, through very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me Will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater works, greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And some say, "Yay, woo! Right? I just got to have enough faith." No, you got to understand your destination of heaven. You got to understand and really know Jesus Christ. If you had that perspective, guess what? You begin to ask for things that are the will of the Father things that Jesus wants to do. And Jesus, like us, when he walked on this earth, was limited by his humanity. He was only in one place at one time. But we being the church, what? We're many. And who do we have filling us? The Holy Spirit. And he's saying, you're going to be all over the place and you're going to do greater things. There's just a lot of you. And if you understand, you're heaven bound. And trust me, the journey to heaven is fun too. I'm not saying you're living this life and it's all drudgery. I hope that's not your case. The journey's meant to be exciting and fun. Amen. And if you understand and really get to know Jesus, it's kind of like a check. Jesus says, I'm going to give you a check. But here's the thing. There's parameters with a check. It goes towards something, right, usually? And it usually is endorsed by someone. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a check, but it's going towards the will of my Father. And I'm endorsing that. If we had that understanding of, of this promise, then he says, you're going to do greater things than I did because there's more of you and you're going to be filled with the person of the Holy Spirit. And I just love that promise, but it's got to be in the context of the scripture that comes uh, before it. And so I'm going to end there today because I'm going to try to keep this on time because it's Father's Day. Did you talk about root beer, Ben? You did not. Oh, I couldn't remember root beer. Were you going to talk about that? No, we, anyways, dads and fathers, and I, I guess if you're over 18 men, right? I, I'm making this up. We got enough. There's a can of like 1919 root beer out there for you to have. Amber tells me it's best cold. So you might want to go home and chill it. And we go all out for the men at this church. God bless you. It's a good gift. So uh, enjoy a can of root beer on the church today. And uh, chill a little bit. Amen. And have a, a good Father's Day. Um, this is where we're going to end this morning. Next week we get into the Holy Spirit. I'm excited about that. So let's pray. And then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Kyle and gang. Lord God, thank you for... Uh, these words of Jesus in John 14. I was just so struck by by them once again, Lord. I know this scripture. I know it so well. I've memorized scripture like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. That's scripture that we all, all should memorize. But now to see it kind of in the context, the context of, of, of talking to troubled hearts, Lord, it just brings it home to roost in a, in a very different real way. And I know even as I talk to this congregation of folk here today and all those joining us online, there's a lot of troubled hearts. And I I just pray for these ones, Lord, to be filled with your Holy Spirit, to have at the forefront of their uh, focus the destination of heaven, and to really know you, Jesus. I just pray that would be things that characterize us as followers of God. We love you, Jesus, and praise your holy name. And all God's people said,